Hello there, Horribles, and welcome to your Digressively Horrified for Wednesday. Now, this Friday, we're talking about Gremlins. That's right, the original, the classic, the really weird movie that should never have been made, but somehow is and is in a lot of ways delightful and in some ways downright troubling. Uh, we had our friend Sean Pryor on to talk about it. It's a great episode. Make sure you tune in. If you haven't listened to last week's episode on the Golem yet, that is another one that is absolutely great to check out. We had our friends Greg Silber and Alana Levin on, and it was it was a really interesting episode. There's a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss, a lot of things I didn't know then that I do know now. Uh, so it's exciting to check out. Uh, while you're here, be sure to stop by our patreon and if you give just a few bucks a month you get all your episodes a week early and you get extra free episodes just as part of the patreon um it's a great time and we it helps us keep the lights on so please do that and we appreciate it now as for today's episode uh it's a little bit of our uh chat about nightbreed uh we got started a little early and had some uh some cool things to throw in a lot of speculating and thinking about directors and uh the like uh i i think you know you'll be interested in checking it out uh we, we decided it needed to be pulled up off the cutting room floor because there's a lot of uh interesting stuff in here all right so until next time stay horrified wait wait this isn't right this isn't how our theme song goes where are we this is digressively horrified. Pet projects. Yeah. And um, he, you know, he wanted to have his <laughs> okay. hands on it. I don't know. I, I this is based on information that I read. Deep into it. No, we. No, we just started talking about um. The the of, of an astute comparison between um, Clive Barker and George Lucas that Joe made that was about how you know both of them have really good ideas but aren't like great editors no. or, or directors or uh, yeah you, know, you gotta love all the um, stuff with like um, the prequels all the footage the behind the scene footage of his directing where he's you know sitting in a chair looking at a monitor. And then, like, telling people what to do. Speaking of, all the prequel fans are going to love, if they've never seen Nightbreed before, Captain Panaka. <laughs> That's who we remind... That's who we... That's why the same actor. While yeah. we're recording. That would have that been a revelation, because it bugged me the whole movie. I'm like, <laughs> I know this guy. I've seen this guy. This is why we can't talk about movies. This is why we can't... <laughs> this is why we can never talk about movies. Wait, not before we record. Yeah, exactly. Wait. I mean, we are technically recording now, so we're not. The red, oh no, the red button is gone. No, yeah, the red light is on. <laughs> and I think now we this has to be included. So I, we can't not include that. But yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah. So so Captain Panaka, you know, it was like, oh yeah. So the Star Wars, the ideal way to consume the Star Wars prequels <laughs> is by just reading their Wikipedia articles. Oh! <laughs> this on, guy. On paper, these are movies with great casts from a legendary director that have like a really tight, thematically interesting story with great world building. If you just read the Wikipedia articles. Yes. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really interesting how these things can just be so fucked up. And you know, that's, I, I wish that Clive Barker had written something. I don't think this ever happened. Did it? That Clive Barker wrote something and Wes Craven directed it. That would have been, because I feel like that's why the Indiana Jones movies work, right? What like, would that have, yeah. you've got Steven Spielberg there to be like, okay, George, I know how, I know how to make movies that actually work. Um, that would have been yeah. great, but I wonder if we also might have gotten like AI, where Spielberg being like, I'm gonna do my impression of Kubrick doing his impression of me. Yeah, that was that was a rough one. I saw AI in theaters. I Oof. did too. I think. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was. It was Stanley Kubrick trying to make a more Spielberg-like film. So instead, Spielberg takes it over and instead of just making it a Spielberg film, tries to make it him trying to make Kubrick doing him. Yeah, he tried to be Spielberg so hard it killed him. Which, I too mean... Soon. Too soon? No. No, no mean, it's okay. He's still alive. <laughs> I mean, he's still alive, so... No. Kubrick? No. Kubrick is dead. Oh. I thought yeah, Spielberg. No. I'm like... No. no, Spielberg. Steven Spielberg is still kicking. Look, no, Kubrick it's totally is... fine because as much as Kubrick is celebrated for his artistic output, have you ever heard anyone say a nice thing about him as like a person? Not while while uh, working with him. Yeah, like it's all been posthumously. Like, wow, they he had uh, he has a whole library about Napoleon. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> But not a lot of amazing directors are like, this person's really personable and wonderful to hang out with. And Somehow yeah. Steven yeah. Spielberg has created like a media machine around his character as a director. Cause like, yeah. it doesn't, you don't have to dig very deep to be like, huh, Steven Spielberg's kind of shady. No, I, <laughs> oh, know yeah. Spielberg, I know Spielberg's energy exactly. And it's the energy of being introduced to someone you don't know but are expected to recognize at a bar mitzvah yeah no but uh I, i'm also th there are uh, there are plenty of directors who i i love some of their work and i would never want to be in the same proximity as them i love yeah. christopher nolan movies i'm pretty sure if i had to have like dinner with him i would fucking hate his guts by the end of it yeah, sure. Oh my and, god. Uh, I've never read an interview with Christopher Nolan that I didn't immediately like him less after reading. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, and, and then there's stuff where it's like, you know, for me, um, what, one of the, like, just all-time, just classics, it's like, a, it's like how to make a movie with a protagonist that keeps the plot moving forward, like, it, you know, it's just like a, a blueprint of that is Chinatown. Mm -hmm. and uh absolutely fantastic if you analyzing it as a film and being like how perfectly he sets up every scene and makes it a point that you know jake as a character keeps making decisions that constantly move everything forward I'm so i don't want to hang out or be near him or associated with Roman Polanski. But, uh -huh. Uh -huh. but that's still... <laughs> Chinatown. You know? Yeah. What that's, I find so interesting... That's the Chinatown of, yeah. of, of liking movies. <laughs> what I find so interesting about L.A. noir, mm -hmm. like the subgenre of noir, sure. is not just like the, oh, it's the noir genre, but in L.A. To me, the thing that 
makes it so unique to noir is that what makes something truly L.A. noir is that the hero has to turn out to be completely ineffectual at the end where the bad guy is neither brought to justice nor is plans truly hampered in any way. I mean, that's a lot of noir generally. Um, I think in a lot of cases, the, the, I feel like the difference with L.A. is it's like, oh, they're doing all this in broad daylight. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I guess yeah. It's LA. yeah, like there's something yeah. just so much more in your face with how ineffectual the protagonist is in L.A. noirs. Yeah, and then after Chinatown, Jack Nicholson went on to become a Batman villain and Faye Dunaway went on to be a Supergirl villain. And that's all we heard of them. Yep. Yes, that's, that's it. all they ever did again. Well, there was that one time that Jack Nicholson was the devil. That was, that. we still need to talk about Anger that Anger management? Well, there's no. that. I'm talking about The Witches of Eastwick, but. The Witches of Eastwick, that movie is so fucking good. I have to, we have to talk about it soon. I, I didn't meet jack nicholson but i saw jack nicholson and i have a story were you at a lakers game yeah i was at a no but i was at your second guess a yankees game there you go that was my second guess actually. yeah <laughs> uh it was at the restaurant at yankee stadium and for the most part it was like a buffet area and i could I got close enough to like over here because the guy was like shouting just over the din of the restaurant and it was like the maitre d pretty much is telling like Mr. Nicholson I'm so sorry uh you know we just don't want to cause a big commotion big rush at the buffet area so if you could just uh stay seated tell us what you want we'll bring everything just right to you if you could just please stay seated Nicholson just fucking from his seat deaf glares the guy gets up walks straight to the buffet and starts just shaking hands and introducing himself to everyone at the buffet area. <laughs> this is one of the first movies in a while that I've actually written written notes on. This right. makes I mean, like, so many references and it, I don't know what any of them actually mean. I had so many notes that were me just trying to figure out what this movie was. Well, but, I was yeah. I was making notes like I, you know, cuz I knew that Jeremy wasn't able to watch it last night. So I was I was going through it just in case I would have to do the notes part. And there were so many moments where I'm like, wait, OK, hold on. And I had to, like, pause the movie in order to write down what the fuck, because like so much happens in one scene. that's important that I'm like, I mean, I know it's not going to be important enough for the recap, but I know it's going to be good material. Yeah, you mean like how I was doing the recap and I forgot that David Cronenberg just gave him LSD instead of lithium. <laughs> so Amazing. Yeah. Walked in front of a truck. I was like, oh, I was because I was got a the, gun. I was doing this whole, <laughs> I was doing this recap, and I was like, okay, yeah, he was at the club, and then, then he was at the hospital. How did he get to the hospital? Oh, he got hit by a truck because he was on LSD, and he didn't know. That's right. Yeah, because he took like fucking David Cronenberg was like, here, have all of these, have these pills, and dude's like, okay, I will take all of the also, pills. Does LSD come in pill form? Apparently, well, when David Cronenberg is your therapist we should we should do the intro i don't again yeah, we I don't need want to we need to talk because this is material that we can use that, what have i been saying i feel like this material is all going somewhere so yeah yeah right. we'll have to get spiced in somewhere yeah 